All right, welcome into another edition of the the Ryan and Goodman podcast. We had some uh, a little technical issues at the Ryan household trying to get set up, but um, you had some help, and, and we got it done. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got it done. Here we are. We're ready to go. Lots going on, Jeff. You got on. a few books behind you, Bob. Well, this is my office, and uh, if if you can't find a book in my house uh, of some kind, you're in trouble. Yeah, you are in trouble, and uh, you're fresh off a big trip uh, down to High Point University, where you you actually caught a High Point uh, well, basketball game. So I give you credit. Do the promotion first, uh, and and the, the self uh, promotion first. I am the uh, sports reporter in residence uh, for this semester, uh, for this academic year at High Point University. Uh, I spent the first of what will be two visits to the campus, uh, doing all kinds of different appearances and classes, panels, etc. Uh, at High Point University in High Point, North Carolina, a magnificent uh, physical plant, incredible place. And uh, um, anyway, so that's that. And I got, and they had a nice home game. They opened up their season on Tuesday night against William and Mary. Uh, it wasn't a pleasant evening for High Point and Coach Tubby Smith back at his alma mater in year two. Young team, you know. William and Mary kind of put it to him a little bit, and uh, uh, so, uh, but it was fun. So I got my college basketball, the first of what will be many excursions uh, 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 last Tuesday night. Well, I'm a few games into the season, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of circle back a little bit. I was yeah. at Syracuse. Can't wait to talk about that one. We'll, we'll do that at the end. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA draft after uh, I watch a bunch of this uh, high level talent. I'm actually taking my daughter to uh, a little Harvard Northeastern tonight. Could be a big year for Tommy Amaker's guys if everything falls into place. They need set towns, Bob. I don't know if he's gonna play this year. I know, I know. That's a big. If if they do get them, they're gonna be good. All right, let, let, let's start with the, the big topic of the week, one that, honestly, I don't even want to talk about, but you're excited to talk about load management. No, I'm, not, well, I'm, I'm resigned to, because okay. we, that's ignoring the elephant in the room if we don't discuss load management and, and the ramifications and, what, and, and all the stuff that went on this week regarding the Clippers. All right, first, before we even get to load management, uh, let's let people know that they can, uh, they can subscribe to the Ryan Goodman Podcast wherever you listen to your pods. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever. We'll have it every single week, uh, as shown right now. We've done it in Boston the last couple of weeks. This is the first time we're doing it uh, that we're not in the same room. So uh, we've both got schedules that uh, dictate that we're on the road at times. We're both at our houses right now, so we wanted to kind of try it out this week and make sure it works for the future. Uh, but, again, make sure you subscribe every week. We'll talk NBA. We'll talk college. Who the hell knows what we'll talk about? I mean, what's going to happen. Could we could talk about anything. Right. As long as it all involves a bouncing ball uh, made by Spalding, I guess it makes them then. <laughs> Does then, it have to be made by Spalding, Bob? No, that's, College right. balls, they're, they're all different. That's the okay. problem. Oh, and we well, that's an interesting topic. Point. That might become a topic. Okay. It, it but might. if it's about basketball, we're in. We are. And, and let's start with Kawhi Leonard, uh, who sat out. He played 60 games last year for Toronto, and it, it, all, it all worked out pretty darn well. Out well. So. Are you uh, vehemently opposed to Kawhi Leonard and, and the Clippers and how this thing is, is working out? Do you feel bad for the little kids who bought tickets to see Kawhi Leonard and, uh, and, and at the last minute they find out that they're not going to see? You know, I, listen, my take is you got to do what's best for the player. And what's best for Kawhi Leonard to be at his, his top peak physical uh, form when it matters in the playoffs is to play 60 some odd games. It worked. How do you, how do you, Fault him uh, for, for now changing it. 
Well, no, of course, and it's a product of the times too. And so the listening to the old timers talk about the old days. So, well, that was the old days. I mean, I, I want to point out now in 1961-62, Will Chamberlain averaged more than 48 minutes a game because he played every second of every game plus overtime in the entire season. I mean, I just that that's like the, you know, that's the you know, the whatever age you want to call it. And, and but that well that and then 1968-69 in the playoffs, John Havlicek played all the two minutes and two uh, decades, two seasons worth of playoffs. Those days are gone. The here's which Kawhi Leonard is. He does have legitimate injury history. And he's got a, a knee situation right now. And I, I don't understand, quite frankly, uh, why this got so out of hand. If Knowing that he has this injury history, that the, uh, the day before we speak here, they got fined a perfunctory $50,000 because of, oh, it was a 25. It was a 50, whatever it was. It was a, a drop in the bucket fine uh, for the, in the big picture because they abused or, 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 or uh, you know, went outside the policy. I, he got an injury situation. We know that. And and uh, I'm, I'm so I think they got to make that clear. I'm almost I, I was thinking about that uh, the fan factor, the fan you know disappointment factor is that maybe what they should be doing at a Clipper game if he doesn't play is as people come in they hand each people each each uh, people person anyway a copy of the doctor's note like at school when you present the doctor's <laughs> note telling you That'd why they need a doctor's note tonight. You get a doctor's note a little copy saying. We are very regret to inform you that Mr. Kawhi Leonard will be unable to perform tonight. So you know. In his place. In his place. <laughs> in his will place be later. Will, be, will be our 16th man on our 15th man roster. I mean, but seriously, this, this, isn't, this is not the story if a guy is actually injured. What load management should have to do is a perfectly, to borrow a phrase from hockey, when there's a healthy scratch. Yeah. And that healthy scratch is a major player. Yep. And, and you know, but the league is so conscious of this because they do have a policy in place to find teams if the person doesn't play in a nationally televised game, which this I, was. Listen, again, I, I get it. I understand it all. Uh, but but at the end of the day, how are we to determine uh, whether Kawhi Leonard is healthy enough or needs the, the off day? This is up to them. This is up to the teams. This is up to the players. And, and again, you look back on it, it worked for Kawhi Leonard last year. So, again, in his mind, he's thinking, well, 60 games. And Kawhi Leonard is a killer. Like, I, it is unbelievable in a way that, that people have convinced Kawhi Leonard that not playing is going to benefit him. But it, it worked last year. He's so off to a great start. He's got the evidence. In the games he's playing, he's, oh. he's the best player in the league right now. And, and uh, you know, I think that's a safe statement. And, and uh, he's performing at a high level when he's out there. And I'm sure the reason is going to be cited. He's, he's physically ready to go. And I, I, I'll accept. I, I, how many I games would that. you play him this year, Bob? How many games How many games would you go from 60 last year to high like 60s? I'd like to go to 68 to 70 yep. to 70. Yep. Uh, you know, that, that to me would be, would be a, a, a better way of going about it. But once again, uh, we have to trust him on the nights when he's not feeling as good. Also, we have to follow this one. Right, until further notice, he's not going to play back to back. Is that all? Which means he'd only play half the, not half the schedule, but that would be a, that would be fact. Play like three quarters. Cool. Yeah, play he'll play three Now there aren't that many back to backs as there, as many as there used to be. The, the league right. has gone out of its way to try to uh, have formulate a schedule for everybody that restricts the number of back to backs. The days of four games and five nights and all that, three and uh, three in a row, are pretty much history in this league. But they were that was a big issue for a long time. It's just, again, it's interesting to me that of all players that this is kind of affecting and we're, we're, we're kind of highlighting, 
it's Kawhi Leonard. To me, it's comical because, again, I've, I've known him since he was in college. I've seen him, obviously, plenty in the NBA. Like, if there is anybody that plays hard all the time and wants to be out there all the time, it would be Kawhi Leonard. And now I feel like people are kind of poking holes at him, right? A couple of years ago when he didn't play, now again, well, uh, load management's affecting him. I think people are going to get the wrong idea to some degree of Kawhi Leonard that I, I do feel like he wants to play in the worst way. Oh, I, I would believe that. I would, I would believe that. I think, I mean, I don't have any doubts about that. So I, I'm not sure... I don't know. You know, I'm a big Doc fan. You know that. And yeah. I'm not sure that Doc handled this as well as he could have, I guess. It made it clear to people about the, you know, the, I just, for his own good, but good of the organization and stuff. I, I, I think he would like a little bit of a do over in that whole first evening about this whole thing. Yeah, but probably. Now, now a little bit. But, but, uh, it, but this thing, you know, it's funny, this phenomenon, really, do we date it? You tell me, do we, do we date it with LeBron and, or Tim Duncan when, when, and it's no, it's it, it got to a different level. Pop, pop yeah. and and then kiddingly putting down on the on the, on the uh, uh, stat sheet. Uh, you know, me, you know, on the uh, no, DNP old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. Pro I think it was pop because he was just doing it with everybody, pop. with their whole team. Yeah, you know, and 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 for he didn't care. He was doing it in the big games, like a lot of guys have yeah, done it, it, but they do it in a way when it's not as noticeable. Well, Pop was kind of sticking his no, uh, thumb in his nose at, at the, the That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. And, and, Pop, and he had, he's right. the only person that could get away with that, uh, right. I think. Not even Doc, right? Doc's not no. going to do that. See, Doc didn't even think about doing it in that, in that right. matter with that kind of an attitude. But Pop is Pop, and he's you know, he's, he's the dean, no doubt. All right, I'm, I'm yeah. done with... Um, yeah, enough load management. Let's we did our that. load management. We're done. We're done with it. Let's move on to the, the next topic, off-the-court topic, that I thought was interesting and we can have a little debate debate on right now, which is Anthony Davis coming out and saying, <laughs> uh, Chicago, I think he said, basically, Chicago is the best basketball Mecca. city. He, he actually, he used the word Mecca, I believe. Yeah. Mecca basketball, and, and, and went on to say that more good players have come out of Chicago than anywhere. And, of course, right away, you can hear the screaming in New York. And then, uh, and then, but all right. So I started thinking about some Chicago players. All right, yeah. you tell me you're up in the current crop better than I, and I'll go, yeah. I'll, I'll go old school on you. Yeah. Right now, Anthony Davis, uh, Derek Rose, keep going. Tell me who. Um, Okafor, Evan Turner, who's a suburb of Chicago, Patrick Beverly. No, no. that's going to count. We're going to count the the you know, suburbs. Yeah, right. we're going to count the burbs. Uh, Jabari Parker. Mm, yeah. I mean, no, no, he's but, wrong. He's wrong. And I'll give you a few olders. Kazi Russell, Carver sure. High School. I always remember that. Yeah. Uh, uh, just uh, had a couple written down. Well, uh, here's why I'm sure that that uh, Wayne Wade. Davis, Wayne Wade also. Wayne bought. Wade. I'm no. sure Anthony Davis never even heard of Johnny Kerr. <laughs> no, there's no way. Although he grew up in Chicago, he was the play, but he was a, a color man. Maybe he did yeah. But Johnny Kerr to go way back was a, one of the great Chicago uh, heroes of all time. Chicago's got a nice. Uh, a nice history, yes. But I don't think it was, it's the best history. You know, I, mean, I don't know. It's hard to when you go way back. We don't hear them so much about as New York as you're used to. But New York was clearly the it's not good lately. Like no, you know, obviously I I cover college, so I all the recruits coming out. I used to do recruiting. It has really, really fallen off over the last 10, 15 years. New York has in terms of producing high, high level players. All right, so here, here's what I'll say: modern day, current yeah. day. I think you have to give it to L.A. Oh, I was Don't you? Go, I, I mean, Kawhi. Kawhi comes from Riverside. James Harden's from, he went to uh, Artesia High School right yep. outside of L.A. 
and Paul George is from Palmdale. Like, those are three of the top ten players in the game right now. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, what about L.A.? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, so it's a fun, it's a fun, see, this this part of the discussion is fun. Now, the next part of the discussion is what was going to worry people, uh, you know, the people in Los Angeles, specifically the Los Angeles Lakers, when the guy is not signed long term, right? When who? Anthony Davis. It's not oh, signed right. long term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does, Davis, he, does he go back to Chicago? Basically, make, batting the Google eyes at Chicago, even though the Bulls are not exactly a, 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 a you know a destination at the moment. But still, you know, does that? Did, did you get any? Did you get any vibes, Jeff Goodman? Uh, you know, emanating from that uh, yeah, that uh, pronouncement of his, and with that, in that just regard. What I will say is, uh, every player these days, in in this current day NBA. I think a lot of them get bored and they're out of place for whatever, five, six years. And, and they want change. I, I think well, that's the well, culture. Change. Uh, it, and they're off. I got some numbers in front of me. I mean, I wanted to just bone up on this in the Lakers. Let's go to the Lakers for a second. Yeah. And the start that he's had and the start that they've had if uh, winning five in a row after an opening night loss. And some of the, some of the games that he and LeBron have put up and, and the growing compatibility that they have on the court. I, I thought before the season, my, I think I mentioned it in one, in one of our first get-togethers, was that uh, not to draw the direct comparison because of the, the different sizes they are and everything else, but would he do for LeBron something akin to what Magic did for Kareem in yep. terms of rejuvenation, uh, re- uh, you know, stimulation, uh, you know, a comfort, uh, and, and, and having a really tangible effect on his performance and his outlook and so forth? And I think the early returns, what I call the Dixville Knotts return, six games out of 82, yeah. is yes. Of course. Huh? Of course. You can't Maybe deny it. It's going, you know, like this. LeBron's healthy again, number one. He wasn't healthy last year. It was a team that was just too young. Too young last year for him. We knew it going in. Like, maybe LeBron could carry him on his back to... You know, a top four seed in the West. I thought but it would have been a great achievement if he got getting them to the seventh seed would have yeah. been one of his great personal achievements. I thought I did never put much stock in him doing any better than that. Here, here's where I think it works so well: is is Anthony Davis is the perfect teammate for LeBron because Kyrie in him thinks he is the man, wants to be the man, is unrealistic really about what he is. Anthony Davis isn't. Anthony Davis is a star. Like, he's a top three, five player in the game. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And But he doesn't have that ego. He just doesn't. He, he He's easy to get along with, I think, is the biggest difference, right? He's a happy kid. Uh, he's so modest and, and, and just grateful, all of it. Now, again, people would get the wrong idea last year, obviously, with what he did in New Orleans. But I still say that was all agent-driven, all Rich Paul-driven. And it worked out. Listen, he's in L.A. right now, having a chance to win it all, where he could be in New Orleans right now and, and losing games again. So it worked, but I think it gave him kind of a, a bad rap that he didn't uh, really deserve because it wasn't his decision ultimately. I'm going to talk about the basketball aspect for a second on yeah. the court. Uh, one of the most fascinating things that's happened in the entire NBA in the early couple of weeks of the season is that game he had when he went to the line 27, well, he was 26 for 27 from the, from the free throw line in only 31 minutes, by the way. Amazing. And since then, in the three subsequent games, he has attempted eight free throws. Now, did you, I never saw any video from that game. What was going on? Well, he was just, again, 
overpowering people. What he can do, Bob, like the thing that separates Anthony Davis from so many guys is now, again, we he can put on the floor, right? I mean, he's got some guard skills to him. Oh, so he can positively. beat You put a five on him, they're done because he's just going to beat him off the bounce every single time. And now he is big and strong enough to absorb. He wants contact. That's the difference. He didn't want it when he first got in the league because, he, honestly, he couldn't handle it. Couldn't absorb it and finish. Now he knows he can absorb it, finish over dudes. If you put a, a four on him, he can be stronger than them. He's bigger, uh, especially up top and in the shoulders. So I, I think now it's confidence. And I'm sure LeBron gives him that confidence, which he really had. But when you get it from LeBron and he's feeding you the ball over and over and over and telling you, take it to the basket, what are you going to do? You're going to do it. Yeah, but I wish I had seen it. You know, you know me. I've been lamenting the la- the demise of the the aircraft carrier center, yeah. the great low post expect- practitioners, <laughs> and 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 this is uh, and the other thing I've been demise lamenting is the demise of the box scores I grew up with. I grew up, you know, and and the three point shot has messed up the whole mathematics of the box score. But uh, and so I he this comes as close to you know, I used to have one of my favorite box scores of all time. I think. Do I ask you this question? Who, who once had this box score in the pre-three-point shot era? Yeah. 9-28-46. Yes, you did. You did. It was Adrian yeah. Dantley. Well, this came close. 7-26-40. <laughs> Unbelievable. No threes. Anyway, but I mean, I just find it fascinating. Uh, no, he's um, he's putting up numbers, folks, and as we did. And by the way, uh, uh, LeBron James, in his last three games – has had as follows in the assist category, 16, 13, 11. He's averaging 10 assists a game, almost 11. Second in the league? Yeah. Right? Sec- second in the league. I, I don't even know. It was, uh, who's number? Oh, Hart, who is it? Hart, who's averaging? Who's one? No, I, I think it was, um, hold on. I had it here somewhere. <laughs> I had to find it. Uh, I think it was, who was first? Yeah, LeBron's first. Malcolm Brogdon. Is that, uh, yeah, that's surprising. A little one bit. of my favorite guys. Yeah. Um, but LeBron is averaging a, 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 a tick under 11 assists a game so far. It's, I know it's granted it's only six games, but uh, I know. Excuse me, what I'm talking about? Um, uh, no, yeah, seven, yeah, seven games. So six and one. So yeah. anyway, um, this is remarkable. But nothing that we're not stunned that that he can do this. But the, this, the sheer scope and 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 magnitude of what he's done at, in this category, though, is is just. Uh, uh, astonishing and just another uh, amplification of, of his true greatness. Really, are you are you back? Because I know you were like a little. You you were on the Lakers to yeah. start the season, uh, and, was, and you kind of went over to the Clippers a little bit. Now, uh, are you back? Well, I mean, I'm feeling better. And the thing is, they're doing this without any real viable point guard play at all. Until and you know, without Rondo and, and, and Caruso not really, you know, being uh, oh, no, here you, here we go with Caruso. No, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm saying it's LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. It's all going through LeBron, and 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 uh, this is this is still amazing. No, uh, you got to figure uh, their best is ahead of them. Although it'll be interesting to see how the dynamics change because Rondo's a pounder, and you know how that's going to affect the whole. We'll see how that works. I'm not sure how that's going to work uh, with LeBron uh, if you're taking the ball out of his hand so so Rondo can pound. We'll see. <laughs> well, maybe Rondo won't pound as much. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. Rondo because he'll have more options. And he's gotten older and wiser. I was just reading uh, that apparently he's been knocking him. He's been knocking him dead in practice with his three-point shooting. This I want to see in real life. 
Listen, uh, we saw this. Anytime you went pregame, <laughs> if you got there early, when Rondo would make threes with nobody around him, and if he was shooting guarded by a chair, Rondo could make threes. But when you put a human being in front of him, yeah. he wouldn't take threes and rarely made them. When he took anyway, them. so it'll be interesting how that will change anything when he does it warrant playing time. But it's looking good for them. The early returns for them are very positive, and the Laker fans, you know, they're back in the they're back uh, in the mix, and and it's I'm sure it's a it's a, a a game night at the Staples Center when they're playing is a is a buzzing thing, and that's great. You know, it's important to the league to have the Lakers good. I think no doubt, no doubt. We want to do Celtics every single episode, but I feel like something happened. Yeah, something big has happened with the Celtics, and it's 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 not um, Jason Tatum. It's not Jalen Brown's return or Ennis Cantor being out. It's Gordon Hayward averaging now 20.3 points a game, 7.9 rebounds, and 4.6 assists. Those numbers, are they're through seven games. I get it. They're through seven games. The all-star year he had, 21.9 points, 5.4 rebounds, 3.5 assists in, in Utah. His numbers are better. His numbers are overall better through One seven game. games. All right. One game distorts it, as we know, because it will Try, be- But even Thursday night, listen, oh, no. you're watching, and he had one play, Bob, that he didn't have all last year, and, and he put it on the floor and got smacked going to the basket, and he absorbed that contact and finished. And just, you can see in his body language now, Bob, he is confident, um, and he just moves that way. He's just, sure, he's, because you can tell, like, he's the old Gordon Hayward in his mind, and when he told me that a couple of weeks ago, I asked him, I think we, we, we talked about it a little bit. I said, you know, how close are you to 100%? And he looked at me like I was out of my mind. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, as a writer, I'm just thinking to myself, like, but you're not 100%. And he looked at me, I'm 100%. And I said, well, I haven't really seen anything athletically yet. Now, I, I think he probably is 100% now, Bob. Well, he said that uh, in, for an interview uh, a couple of days ago, uh, you know, don't have to ask me about my leg anymore. I'm fine. I don't think about my leg. And I'm sure that's the case. He's now back playing. He's just playing free. We know that we have to know that look back at last year and, and that no matter what you may have said at the time, he never played free and comfortable and without the little nagging thing in the back of my head. What if I do this? What's going to happen in my leg if I try this move? Or if I, you know, and now that's apparently it's all in the rearview mirror. He's back where he was uh Two to year, two years ago, yeah. uh, big ramifications because he's more than just—he's not just a scorer, he's not just a rebounder, he's not just—he's a, a hell of a basketball player, a hell of an offensive basketball player who enhances the team in many ways. And this, and he's, he's playing with grateful, you know, uh, with the teammates who are grateful not to have a certain other person on their team any longer. I'm sorry, and uh, and and uh, it's it's all meshing very nicely for them, and 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 he's. He's. I, I. I was. As you know, I was very optimistic about their them at least being entertaining this year. And the two biggest reasons I thought, uh, well, three. Obviously, I thought that Walker would take care of himself. There would be no problem. And so far, that's exactly the case. Two. I thought that Tatum was going to benefit. Uh, it's going to be yeah. much more like the Tatum we thought he was going to be at the end of the year before, not the Tatum of last year. And that's materializing. And three. That Haywood would be at least something approaching his former All Star status. And so far, it looks like all three things are true. People were saying, like, Gordon Hayward going into the year is the most overpaid player based on what they thought he would do in, in the league. I mean, making $32 million this year, he's not going to be worth $32 million probably, right? We, we can agree on that, can't we? That, that, that yeah. it's probably a little bit much for Gordon Hayward. Yeah. However, at the time, 
they had to get a big time free agent. He was the biggest free agent out there at the time, yep, and it, yep. it, it helped. It helped also kind of continue to dispel the notion that the Celtics couldn't get big time free agents. They got in Hortford, then you get Hayward. Thought it was Hortford. It was true right. for. Definitely. I was one of my man. It was my preaching things for 15 years yeah. that they had never gotten a prime of life free agent until they got out Al, Al Horford that it was an old cold eastern city and the players of this modern age were too young to be rhapsodized by the the flags or the floor or any of that that would just wasn't important to them and that they didn't have anything to offer uh in the you know in the way of, of an inducement and then Al Horford you know broke that mold and now they got Hayward and and and, and this good word of mouth uh, I think for the around the league about about playing here playing with at four Stevens and the other guys. Now, if there's anybody, I don't know for, for any, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go out and go too crazy here. It's working out nicely. That's all I can say. I got to say, like, I think they're the favorite to win the East now. I, right. I do. I, I know I'm an interesting um, conversation is going to ensue at some point with who is the better guard? Who are you taking in the NBA? Right. Cole Anthony or LaMelo ball? Okay. All right. Now let me throw another name at you. Before, and okay. that is, uh, James Weissman, uh, very buff, ballyhooed, uh, broke in with a bang. Not quite the Lou Alcindor scoring 56 in his first game bang, but uh, people, someday we're going to remind people that there was another world before ESPN. But uh, uh, James Weissman certainly got people's attention in his opener, didn't he, for Memphis? He did. I mean, he played, they played against Sisters of the Poor. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, the, my biggest thing was he hadn't done anything in the preseason, Bob. I went there for practice, mm. and he limped off after like three minutes and sat in the training table the whole time, and he had a foot injury all preseason. So a lot of people were worried whether he was even going to play. And the knock on James Wiseman has been he's soft. You know, he grew up in Nashville, moved to Memphis a couple of years ago. We, we wanted to see some more toughness out of him. Mm. So I was just happy he got out there and played and played well and got his numbers and Man, he is fun to watch because he's every bit as seven one. He's long, super talented, unbelievably good kid. Tried to teach me some Mandarin when I was down there a couple of weeks oh, ago. No, it's Mandarin. They don't like, do that. No, they he's smart. So <laughs> this, this draft is going to be yeah. solid. But I ran into one NBA GM at halftime of the Kentucky game. I was mm -hmm. up trying to get. Uh, some some iced coffee to, to get me through the night and get me through the podcast at 2 a.m. <laughs> so I ran into one GM, and we were talking about how a year ago, all the, the GMs and everybody in the NBA that night, after watching Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish look great that night, too, they were all going crazy if they had a lottery pick. They were all, you know, mm -hmm. um, the value of those picks went up significantly a year ago at Champions Classic in Indianapolis. And he said the other night, he was like, everybody's going to be trying to get rid of him. You know, like the value of these just isn't high because, again, you had nobody. Tyrese Maxey was the best player on the floor, and he might be a lottery pick. He might be a lottery pick. Duke had nobody that looked like a lottery pick. Michigan State doesn't have anybody. Those were your four best teams, potentially. And there wasn't one guy that you said is a lock lottery pick on the floor that night. What about European crop, as far as you know? Uh, any... Yeah, it's good. There's probably two guys um, that are in the mix for, for the lottery. And then you've got, obviously, LaMelo Ball yeah. and RJ Hampton, who's an American kid who went over there and mm -hmm. is playing in New Zealand. So you got, like, four guys that are overseas right now that could occupy those spots. And, and one, you know, listen, somebody from Kentucky, somebody from Duke could certainly emerge. Maxie could have a, a Brandon Knight-type year. 
and Brandon Knight went eighth overall. That that absolutely could happen if Maxi proves that he can do this every night, which he may be able to. He just he wasn't known as a big time shooter. So when he made that three, Tom Izzo, I think, was probably saying, like, you know what? Tip your hat to him. Not made that shot. Like ninety nine out of a hundred times, he probably doesn't make that shot. Not our night. All right. All right well, so let's the next time we talk, I will have digested my blue ribbon. I'll have a few I'll, All right. I'll, be, I'll be a much smarter fellow. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll hold you to that. We're going to always kind of, you know, snip in, slip in a little bit of college here. With... I will. I'm going to have a – I'm looking forward to this uh, winter, uh, you know, around here. My alma mater got off to a good start, by the way, Boston College. They did beat Wake, and, uh, and uh, the transfer uh, did very well for them. And, the, uh, the battle – I called that the battle of dead man walking. Oh, I know you did. I know. Well, I, I don't want to say that publicly, but I just did. So <laughs> You did. Yes, you did. Probably not fair to do, but those two coaches are, are certainly in trouble. Well, I will see you uh, Monday night. Yes. Um, and, and we will have plenty to talk about on this next podcast about Luca. And is he a guy that we think, because I've seen it, that people have said, like, he's going to over under two MVPs for Luca in his career. Like, I just can't wait to see this kid because he's so much fun. He plays with a passion. So next time you see us, yep. uh, we will break down uh, our will. take Luca. Minute examination of Luca Dunsford. All right. Podcast in the books. Uh, remember, again, subscribe, Ryan and Goodman Podcast, and we will see you next week.